Welcome to the Military Child Education Coalition podcast, the show that illuminates a wide range of challenges and triumphs our military-connected kids experience. My name is Susan Sellers, and I'll be your host for today. This episode was made possible thanks to the support from the Luke Spouses Club. The webinar team recently hosted Lisa Howard, from the Barry Robinson Center to discuss mental and behavioral health changes in our military-connected children. She shares how to build personal and community resources when your child needs additional mental and behavioral support. Today's episode is the Q&A from that webinar. We hope you find this information helpful. We hope, you know, folks were able to, to get a lot of great insight from you. You are a wealth of knowledge. I mean, you, your story, you know, your background, just everything is so wonderful. We just really want to thank you for sharing with us today. We have a little bit of a time to do some questions and answers. So we encourage folks to ask them in the chat. Um, we also have a few ready for you. If that's okay with you, Lisa, we'll go right ahead and you know, kind of jump in and ask you some questions. But before I do, we, again, as Lisa said, you know, it's okay to not be okay. And she has graciously provided her contact information multiple times today. Um, so we encourage you to write that down and she can, again, have your six and watch you and, and help you and guide you. And as always, as we said earlier, if something is an emergency, don't hesitate to dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room um, to get the care that you need. So, we appreciate you taking the time to discuss the Barry Robinson Center and the importance of building that personal community and resources to support mental health and behavioral health of our children. And it seems that after COVID, as well as the continual transitional life of the military child, as parents were even more concerned about this topic. Um, however, the very symptoms that we use to identify if our child is struggling are also traits of common teenage behavior. So our question is, how do you recognize when your child or youth is in possible crisis situation? You have to, um, that goes back to that, really taking the time to observe where your kid is at. Often we have situational, you know, mental health moments and we can have chronic mental health moments. That is really where, if, you, if you're not sure, that's where you need to get that professional involved. And that's, you know, again, this is, I hate to say it, across the nation, we have wait lists. I know we have all heard stories of not being able to find the care we need. So if you're in that place, an MFLEC, which um, might be a great starter, your pediatrician or um, family practice person to start the conversation with, and then really to get the ball moving. But again, just kind of documenting things. If it's a significant change, something that's really uncharacteristic for your child, um, maybe something to the hygiene issue. I mean, that sounds kind of strange, but all of a sudden it's more than just not your teenager wanting to wear deodorant. That's a pretty significant sign of depression. Or there's um, the isolation. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in. This is going to maybe cross some boundaries with some folks, but I think you need to consider it taking the time to look at your child's social history on their on their iPhones, iPads, whatever. Go in, look at the history, see what they're trending, what are they focusing in on. That might be telling you a little bit where their mindset is at. And it's scary. And some people are going to say, oh, it's like going into a diary. Diary is a little different. A diary is their words and thoughts only, right? Their words and thoughts only. That is very personal. When you go into a social history on somebody's social media, 
that is the influence by others into their thoughts being created. So it's a little, does that make sense, Kim? Where yeah, I'm going absolutely. with this? So that might be a little helpful as well. Yeah, that's a great point too. And and you're right. We can recognize when something is a little off, like you said, like, why are we not showering? Why are we not putting on deodorant? Just things that we could notice and then reaching out to the professionals for more, you know, a deeper dive, figure out what's, what's going on is great. So as parents, I think we're always, we need to recognize that we need to adapt and learn different ways. Like you said, to communicate with our children And, uh, you know, you shared some really great examples earlier, such as looking for ways to connect, like giving that undivided attention, sitting on the floor of their bedroom and having dinner together, fantastic ideas. But I guess the question would be, what if a parent tries these communication ideas and their kids kind of reject them? Um, You know, what's your advice that you would give that parent? Don't quit. Talk to another parent who's probably been in that same shoes or is going through those same shoes change the environment up, do something that requires their attention, change the furniture in the living room. I one time talked to a parent um, because I work with all the parents after discharge with their kids and they're feeling a funk. And I said, do they have the same bedding that they had before they went to Barry Robinson Center than that they do now? And, And this parent said, yes. I said, buy a new bedspread, new bed sheets. Doesn't have to be expensive. One of those, you know, bed in a bag kind of things just enough for them to walk out of the room and say, what did you do? Like, what's going on with this? Something that requires their reaction that isn't necessarily pointing out something negative. Hey, say, would you like to paint your bedroom? I think it's been a really, you know, that beige color that we moved in on or just do an accent wall. Again, I would really try to find that way to connect through communication. Yeah, that's a great, That's a great idea. And changing up the bedroom just to kind of start fresh and start new and start something just, yeah, to not go back into the same what they were doing. Absolutely. And, and, you know, again, you know, just, I mean, taking your kid into Target and saying, hey, pick out a new bedspread. They're like, what, you know, (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, two things. You got them in the car. Yeah. You took them into a store. They're with you. And you didn't order it on Amazon. No offense, I'll, I'll order something. No, I, Amazon I later love that. Yeah. You're just changing the mode. Yeah, that's great. Um, we have a question in the chat that says, what, what do you do when their professional counseling is private? I assume they're talking about the child here. What, uh, if parents don't know what are, what's going on and what's happening, what's, what are your suggestions there? Yeah, that is tough. I mean, because our kids do get to a place where they get to say, no, you're not invited. Um, you can always email that professional and say, I'm not getting information. I know you can't disclose certain things. Can we introduce the concept of either two things? This has worked really well. Is can I get five minutes? Can we get five minutes together on the front end or five minutes together on the back end? Just for like a like kind of an administrative cleanup. Was there any homework? Was there anything? I think that's a good way to do it. Um, you're entering their their world in a small bite um but again if you're if you're very very concerned and this is hard not to be a nosy neighbor parent i mean come on i mean it's your kid you want to know everything you're going on but there is state legal rules i'll even tell you within in the state of virginia for a child to enter into the barry robinson center once they hit the age of 14 or over they actually have to agree to sign themselves in Mm. that's shocking 
Um, I'm not saying that to scare anybody, but that is reality. So, so there is legal ramifications for some of these professionals. Yeah, absolutely. In the state of Washington, where we are now, you're legally allowed to take over your mental health, um, any sort of services that you get at the age of 13. And so if my daughter goes somewhere, she has to sign that I'm allowed to talk to the professional that she's talking to. So yeah, you're right. There are different legal, yeah, in, in different states and different ways that they do that. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it is. It's tough. But um, again, it's one of those things like finding the approach with that particular professional. Right. And we're I think that's a great idea. Yeah. You also shared that during your experience, creating a, that important squad that you said um, is essential. So how can we in the military community support our friends whose child is struggling with that mental or behavioral health challenges? Okay. Well, number one, don't compare your situation. Your son or daughter not making the football squad, having a, a B or C in math for the first time is devastating to you and your family. And I don't discredit that moment, but it doesn't compare to a child that's um, potentially in a significant mental health crisis. So try not to compare. It's that, oh, I know how you feel. We don't. But what you can do is some of those things you would do for a friend who has gone through a significant illness. Bring a meal by without asking. Don't, you know, if you're at a military event where normally the entire family's present and there's a child missing, you have to point it out. Um, we've had to make decisions where Lucas was not at, um, at a very, it was a really challenging time. My husband was taking brigade command and at his change of command, our son was not present. Um, and, you know, it's still a hard one. It's still a hard one, but the really, we weren't in a position where there was a choice. And it was a bittersweet day and, and having our friends and family there understand and support that. Um, but also being this resource, you are now the resource of knowledge um, when your friend, your neighbor, your spouse is going to come home and tell you when I believe what's happening at the Howard household and I don't know what to do. You now have some tools to send forward. Just try really hard not compare or, um, you know, put out that I get it when you, you haven't quite been there. Right. That's great advice. Yeah. Um, and also, I know we talked about this earlier about leadership and kind of getting them involved or letting them know, like you said, you know, our community has made great strides in eliminating that stigma around mental health. It's getting way better, I feel like, than it's been. But what advice would you give military families that are still saying, you know, they're really concerned about that impact of sure. their leadership, knowing about the challenges that their child is facing? What, what kind of advice would you give them? You know, um, it is going to be different where you go. You're going to have different folks and experiences. The truth be told, uh, you know, the, tr the truth will set you free. You know, you know, everything always, the cream rises to the top. You can't hide this stuff long. Um, but again, asking that command team to not understand, but just to be informed. Um, you may have a, a command team that has no experience within their family with mental health. So it's just saying, you know, Sir, ma'am, sergeant, command sergeant major, whoever you're speaking with, um, I know you may not understand this, but this is what's happening. Um, I may need, you know, I may need to additionally support my family what's going on. Um, I think that approach often works well. That's great. We also have another question, um, kind of talking about EFMP. And um, it says, isn't it a requirement for members with exceptional family members to register with EFMP? Um, so just they want to know, will you have to be enrolled now in EFMP if you decide to go down this road? Well, 
mental health is health, right? So um, would you PCS to Fort ABC that doesn't have an oncologist if you have a history of cancer? Right. Um, I, that's how serious I take this. I, I really do. Um, I get it. You, you maybe have always wanted to go to Germany or Italy, and now all of a sudden that's off the table for at least this season. Um, yeah, it's hard. Um, maybe your family geo batches because everything is working where you're at right now. You found that stability, that remission phase of your child's mental health. And the orders aren't going to be so great for them potentially. Um, these are hard decisions. They're not easy decisions. Um, I, I wish I could say, and I will speak now from the mental health side of the community, that um, this was just within our military community that providers aren't available. It is across the board nationwide. It is truly across the board nationwide. So um, in saying that, knowing up front will help your assignments you know, I know kind of how the army does business. I'm not on, you know, on how everyone else does business, but I will say this also. So let's say you go over to Korea, Germany, Italy, England, um, Japan, and that's where you first hit your first significant mental health crisis with your child. So we, we help those families too. We are very understanding. So sometimes you can't control the future. Yeah, that's true. That's great advice. Yeah. And again, it's just as important as getting your heart checked every other year, you know, or whatever those checkups are. It's just, it's just as important. Um, yeah. So like you said, you, you talked about so many great resources and we're so lucky as a military community to have all of these resources available for us, particularly the Barry Robinson Center. Mm -hmm. So we want to know how can people share information about Barry Robinson Center with their community? And then what do you think is the most important thing that we could share for families that they that they understand about the organization? I know you kind of gave a brief nuts and bolts sure. about it. Sure, sure. So one thing to realize is we are at that point where everything else isn't working. The outpatient hasn't worked. There's possibly or most likely has already been an acute care stay where this child youth is, is in a significant mental health crisis and they need long-term care to really get good, solid individual and family therapy in place, make sure the diagnosis is even correct, mm -hmm. their medication management, if necessarily, is appropriate. It's a process. It can't be fixed overnight. Um, so I will tell you, our kids stay with us on the average of four to six months, which that could blow you away. I, I would encourage you that I've also said the word residential a lot. You're all thinking gray buildings, big fences, and, you know, some hospital looking building that is not our campus please go to www.barryrobinson.org go ahead see what our campus is we have a great drone video by the way it's about a minute and a half long on youtube i highly encourage you to really see what the campus looks like um, we have a fully accredited school that's often what parents are also afraid of. my kid's going to get behind in school we have sure. fully accredited school on campus um, that by law we're mandated to make sure their education moves forward and, and to incorporate it that is with the school program they came with. So again, these are more a little more technical questions, but concerns. And I think I'd say it earlier, really important. You might think we're not the right fit. Let us help you decide that. Don't think back, you're like, well, I don't know. We'll help you decide that. And again, if we're not the right clinical fit, we'll help. We have great reps that work across the country. 
in different areas to help you find a facility that would be a best fit for you in your family. That's great. That's amazing. Not only if you say, hey, you're not a good fit for us, but we can help you find another fit. I think that speaks yeah. volumes for the Barry Robinson mm-hmm. Center. So thank you for that. For those interested in more information about the Barry Robinson Center or to listen to this webinar in its entirety, please check the links in the show's notes. Thanks for listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. If you enjoyed this episode, like, share, and subscribe. And don't forget to leave us a comment to let us know the topics you want to hear more about. We'd like to give a special thanks again to the Luke Spouses Club for supporting this episode, and we hope you will too by giving today's show a five-star rating. For more information about MSEC programs, go to militarychild.org. I'm Susan Sellers. Until next time, live a great story. Thank you.